0: Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. All right, I just got to check and make sure y'all are awake. So Hebrews chapter 9, uh, if you're not familiar with the scripture, you go on and Google Hebrews chapter 9. Uh, Verses 11 through 28, but when you got it, do me a favor and shout, I got it. All right. It reads this way But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing For, for, for when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, And in the same way, uh, way he sprinkled with blood both the tent and the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins." Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified uh, with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, for Christ has entered not only into holy places made with hands, which are copies, uh, are models, if you will, of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer with blood not his own, for when he would have had to suffer, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world, but as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sins, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. I want to focus our time Uh, on verse 22. uh, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, the latter half, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. The very word of Scripture. Amen? In Genesis 22, we're introduced to this patriarch, this sort of foundational person in the Jewish faith. His name is uh, is Abraham or Abram. Uh, and A- Abraham receives this promise that through uh, his lineage, the entire world is going to be blessed. Uh, and, and so he's waiting and waiting for, uh, for decades, actually, on end for God to fulfill this promise. And uh, with tiptoe anticipation and bated breath, uh, he and his wife struggle with infertility year after year and year after year and and. Finally, eventually, God makes good on his promise, and his wife bears a son, and they name him Isaac. And, uh, and, and you have to understand that in the ancient culture, in the ancient world, it was basically uh, anti-individualistic. Where, uh, where we value individualism, in the ancient culture, the focus was on the family. Uh, the focus was on uh, carrying on the family name. The, the fo- focus was on the community community of the family. And so you have to understand that to Abraham, Isaac was the apple of his eye. Isaac uh, could have very well been the thing that that Abraham built his life around. Isaac would have been the the centerpiece of uh, what made life life to Abraham. And then all of a sudden, God calls him after he makes this promise that uh, he's going to have a a son through whom the entire world is going to be blessed. God calls him, and the Bible says that he tests him uh, and says, I want you to take your son, Isaac, Genesis 22 and 2. The words will come up on the screen. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which. I shall tell you. Abraham, uh, Abraham obliges God and, and yet probably if you can imagine uh, if, 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 if Isaac is uh, that central to who he is and the, the promises that God had made and, and, and the things that that society valued, you have to imagine his, uh, inside his heart for that moment in time he must have been wrestling with some things. Uh, he uh, he He must have been wrestling with man this this just doesn't seem like the character of God that uh, he he must have been wrestling with some but this uh this is the child that uh, that is supposed to uh, supposed to be the child of promise through through him, my descendants would be blessed and Uh, And he must have been wrestling with some things. And the scripture tells us later on in Hebrews chapter 11, even uh, when he gathered the wood with his servants and to go up to Moriah to make the sacrifice, that he tells his servants, stay here. Me and the boy are going to go worship. And we'll come back again. Hebrews chapter 11 says that he considered that if God made the promise that through this child there's going to be a blessing for the world, then he must be planning to raise the dead. He could even do that. Right, that's that's Abraham's that's Abraham's approach, and so they they make their way up to Moriah, and uh, and and Isaac sees the wood, and uh, and he sees the fire, and uh, and he says to his daddy in Genesis twenty two in seven, Daddy, here's the wood, and here's the fire for the sacrifice, but Daddy, where's the lamb? Uh, Where where where, uh, where is uh, where's the lamb that we're going to sacrifice? And hear Abraham's words. Genesis 22 and verse 7. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So hear, hear in Abraham's heart for a moment. I don't know how God is going to do this, But God is going to provide for himself what is needed for the sacrifice. The scripture says later on in Hebrews chapter 11 uh, that, that, uh, that Isaac was received back as a type. Isaac was received back as as a type, and and, and yet what Abraham understands, what what Abraham knows, is that in order to be in connection to God, there must be a sacrifice. In in order, because of of the foundational nature of human beings and our rebellion against God, he, he understands that there must be bloodshed. In order to be in relationship with God on this side of Genesis chapter 3, there has to be a sacrifice. I can preach from the subject this morning, or I want to preach from the subject this morning, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I got three points and I'll get out your way. The first is our need for blood. The second is A will, like a a living will, takes effect at death. And the third, blood that washes instead of covers. The need for blood, a living will or a will, takes effect at death. And blood that washes instead of covers. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. As we've just been unpacking throughout Hebrews, uh, the supreme nature of the person and work of Jesus Christ. And now I pray that Christ would be exalted, that your word would be explained. And Father, I pray that we wouldn't merely be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of your word. Father, it's to that end that I'm available to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Look with me further on in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. It says this, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So our first point, the need for blood. Why, why are Christians so obsessed with blood? Why, uh, why, do they, uh, why do they sing songs like, there is a fountain filled with with blood? The, the, the blood will never lose its power. It, it, it seems so gory. It uh, it seems so messy. It uh, it seems so scary. It's it's so bloody. The past couple of weeks we've been talking about the tabernacle and uh, we've talked about how the priest goes into the holy place to make sacrifices and in the courtyard to make sacrifices. And, uh, and, and, and we get it in our minds that there, there has to be a sacrifice in order uh, to, to mediate this relationship between God and, and humanity, but we don't really get the picture of why. We, we, we don't really understand uh, understand in, uh, in a, a, a real way what what the priests would have understood when they went into the tabernacle to make these sacrifices it, uh, it required it required a lot of blood and, and as a matter of fact we, we, we know by inference that it required a lot of blood but uh, but 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 we don't Recognized that blood was involved in a lot of Israel's worship. Look with me at chapter 9 and verse 19. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet, wool, hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people. So, so blood, blood on uh, on the book, blood on on the people. The, the priests are making sacrifices with with blood, so there's there's a lot of blood going on. It's uh, it's gory, it's messy, and and what we don't see is uh, what it actually would have been like for the priests to make sacrifices over and over and over again. You see, the experience of blood actually communicates something incredibly powerful to the people and something that is incredibly theologically important. Uh, you and I, we, we go into the grocery store, right? And we go to the meat section for those uh, of us who aren't vegetarians. And, and some of y'all are like, that's the reason why I became a vegetarian, because something's wrong about the meat section at the grocery store, right? And so you go uh, to the grocery store maybe once a week or something like that, and you go and you look at the filet mignon, uh, and you see the perfect cut and, uh, and 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 then and then you go and, and and you look at the pork ribs and you begin uh, you begin to think of dry rub and smokers, right? And, uh, and then you go over and you see the chicken wings and you see at Mariano's, they've seasoned some of the chicken wings and you can actually get Cajun chicken wings. And you think to yourself, man, that ought to taste real good uh, in, in the smoker. And, uh, and so you go, you go into the grocery store and you see all the things laid out in the meat section of the grocery store. Uh, and, and, and yet you don't see, what you don't see is how it got there. You, uh, you see the cuts laid out perfectly and uh, and, and nicely, and uh, and you begin to think. Uh, uh, you begin to think uh, about Webbers. You, you begin to think about Kingsford charcoal. You. Uh, you, you, begin, uh, you begin to think uh, about ribeye and marbling. You, you, begin to think, uh, you begin to think about the green egg or the Kamado Joe. And, uh, and, and, and you begin to think of all of the goodness that could come out of this meat. wagyu. you think of all of it. And yet what is, what is hidden from your eyes is how it got there. And, and the reason why it's hidden from your eyes uh, is because you really don't want to know the process of how you got the things that you got. You, you don't want to know the messiness of it. You, uh, you don't want to know the goriness of it. You just want to come to the grocery store and see the meat on display and think of how good it's going to taste when you get it off the grill, right? Uh, and yet the reality is what the priest understood and what the butcher understands is that in the process, it's messy. It's ugly. It's, it's bloody. It's, uh, it's, it's scary. And, uh, and, and the thing that God is communicating to the people of Israel through the sacrificial system, having to be repeated over and over uh, and over again, is that they, they, they would see the blood on their hands. They, they, they would see the, the blood on their clothes. They, they would see the, The the blood on their faces as they had to go over and over and over again. Blood on the walls, blood on the instruments, blood everywhere. Communicating one thing. Sin is serious. Sin is offensive to God. Sin is ugly. Sin is Sin is messy. Sin, sin is bloody. And so the priest would have recognized that, man, it, it takes a life in order to be in relationship with God. It, uh, it, takes, it takes blood in order to be in relationship with God and it's, it's messy and, and it's nasty and, and it's gory. And you see, you and I—we don't really resonate with the picture of bloodiness. We we don't uh, we don't really resonate with that because uh, we don't think of we don't think of our sin as being messy. Uh, we we don't think uh, of of the things that we do that we know is against God's will. Uh, we we don't see the seriousness of it. We uh, we just think, oh, you know, I just you know, I've just hung over you know it's all good i'll be i'll be back at it tomorrow uh, oh man we just you know we was kicking it and then you know man one thing led to another <laughs> it it's just it's just sort of an eensy-weensy kind of, well, everybody's doing it kind, kind of thing. And, and, and what I, I want you to see is that to a holy and a perfect God, your sin is offensive. And so maybe I'm talking to somebody and you say, Pastor Steve, man, look, man, I'm not even a religious person. And and so this whole idea of uh, of sin, like, man, that's like, haven't we moved past that? Like, that's an incredibly, incredibly archaic kind of term. Like, man, can't we get a better word for something like that, right? Uh, and, And yet what I want to suggest to you, and I want you to consider for just one moment. If you were created in the image of God. God made you in his image. In other words, God made you for him. And throughout the course of your life, over and over and over again, you ran from thing to thing to build your life on something other than him. If he made you for him and you build your life on things other than him, if, uh, if, if you run from thing to thing to try to find lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and and peace in my my vocation, man. When I make it, uh, put those letters behind my name. Then uh, it's, it's going to be on. And, and and then when I get into that house, and uh, when they put the quartz countertops in that house, and, and and I'm able to have three bedrooms instead of two, and, and the baby will sleep in that room, and uh, and then we're we're going to have enough space. And 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 when we get there, that's when, uh, man, lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace. Like that's going to come come with that and, uh, and, and we go from thing to thing or person to person or relationship to relationship trying to find lasting satisfaction, comfort, joy, and peace. If you are made in the image of God and you're made to build your life on God, that's inherently what sin is. It's rebellion. It's rebellion against God. Y'all, y'all ever met? Uh, you ever met one of those one of those people where uh, you you meet with them and you talk to them? And it's like, man, this, this thing is the thing. Like, listen, I'm telling you, this thing is the thing. Uh, y'all gonna hear about this in six months, and man, I'm about to make this money off of this thing, and 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 I got the hookup over here and the hookup over there, and then man, y'all y'all gonna watch it's gonna blow up, uh, and then you see that person a few months later, and he's man, whatever happened to that thing? Oh man, I'm off of that thing. I'm onto this. I'm onto this new thing and this new thing, man. When 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 you see it, man, it's gonna blow up. And 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 I got the hook up and the connection over here. And every time you see that person, they're to something new. You you were watching your friend and your friend. You 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 hadn't seen her in a while, or you hadn't seen him in a while. And, and you said, man, they're in love with so and so. They are just in love. Uh, they are in love. Uh, with Lewis, they love Lewis. They love. They be on Instagram just flexing all the time in love, right? My, my brother-in-law says "simping." That's a new. It's a new word. I'm not. I'm not familiar with. But anyways, they must be in love. And then you see her again, and she got she got a new man. And you're like, oh baby, I, I, I'm so in. I'm so in love. Uh, this is Clark. This is Clark. And and you said to yourself, like, wasn't last week it was Lewis? But this week it's Clark. And you, you, see, you see your homeboy, and, and, and they're flexing on, uh, man, this is, I'm so in love, I'm so in love, I'm so in love, uh, I'm so in love, I got uh, Betty with me. Betty, I'm so in love with Betty. Uh, and then you meet him again, and you say, where'd all the pictures from Betty go on Instagram? Now it's little Debbie. <laughs> it's just a little Debbie. She's just a little, she's just a little girl. But the point is, uh, you, you don't see it because it's just, it's just a person. It's just a relationship. But, but what's actually going on on the inside of the human heart is that we're trusting in things or people to bring us things that they never promised they would bring us. And at a fundamental level… That is rebellion against God. And the fact that God made you in his image and in his likeness, it's offensive to him. It's messy. It's nasty. It's gory, and uh, and in response to your rebellion against him, there has to be uh, there has to be a sacrifice. As a matter of fact, uh, Romans six twenty three. That's that's why Romans six twenty three says, "For the wages of sin is death." That this this rebellion against God that all of us experience, that all of us participate in, it has a consequence. Something has to die. The wages of sin is death. That's how offensive your rebellion is to God. Genesis 2:17 says, as, as, as God is communicating to Abraham, excuse me, to, to Adam and Eve, that, that on the other side of their rebellion, He says, "If you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die." Death has to be the consequence for sin because it's offensive to God. And so when the priests would go into the, the tabernacle to make sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice, they would recognize one thing sin is a big deal. Sin is a big deal. It takes a death to cover sin, that's why it takes blood. That's that's why it's it's gruesome, because it's communicating something to us about our sin. That's why it takes blood. Now, a, a will, like a living will, takes effect at death. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these, for Christ has entered not only not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies, and we talked about models and copies a few weeks ago. Uh, copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. So the author is saying and has been saying that the entire sacrificial system, the uh, the, the sacrifices, the, the priesthood, all of uh, those things are copies of the heavenly things, and Jesus hasn't gone into the copy or the tabernacle on earth, but he's literally gone into the presence of God with the sacrifice of blood. Then in, in verse 15, the author begins to talk about an inheritance, a uh, a covenant uh, and a will. And what we don't see in the original language is that the word for covenant and will are actually the same word. So hang in there with me. The word for covenant and will are the same word. And so the author is going to do a play on words in order to communicate something to us. Look with me at verse 15 through 17. It says, of Jesus. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, here it is, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. So essentially here it is. What the author is saying is that Jesus' death institutes or initiates the new covenant. And the new covenant comes with an inheritance. And, uh, and, 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 and are you guys familiar with a will? Anybody familiar with a will? So, so in essence, uh, a will uh, is something that that people use legally to say, these are the things that I own, these are the things that I have, and and this is how I want these things that I own and have. This is how I want them to be dispersed amongst my family members or amongst the people that I want them, uh, what I want them to have. And in order for uh, the, 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 estate, so to speak, of that person to be dispersed. The person has to die. And so what the author of Hebrews is saying is that when Jesus died, it instituted the estate being dispersed, right? And initiates the new covenant with all of the new covenant promises through his death. Now, uh, we're introduced to the new covenant in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 10 through 12, uh, and this is how it's communicated. God says, "I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach each one His neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward uh, toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. So here's the picture. Jesus' death, causes or or puts into effect the inheritance that he established. So on this side of Jesus's death being initiated through faith in Jesus, we now receive new heart and, uh, and this new spirit that that now they don't have to teach us about the particulars of how uh, to live for God through the law. But but God places his desires and his will on the inside of our hearts and then gives us his spirit so that we can now obey him, not out of duty, but out of delight. Uh, Now, here's the picture. Not only does that happen, but on the other side of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, we receive the inheritance that he has from his father on the basis of what he accomplished and not our own effort or our own accomplishment. So in turn, on the basis of grace through faith, God sees us as though we accomplished what Jesus accomplished, all on the basis of grace. That is that is the inheritance that is the inheritance, the, the establishing of the new covenant on this side of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, and so that is, that is a will that takes effect at death. That is Jesus' will that takes effect at death for us, introducing us into this new covenant. And you've got to remember that the people that the author of the book of Hebrews is writing to, they are going through intense persecution. Uh, And so they're contemplating going back to their old practice of Judaism. And so when he communicates that Jesus' death initiates the new covenant, he's saying, keep going. Jesus is better. Keep going. Jesus is better than all of that Old Testament stuff. Jesus Jesus is better. There are better promises on this side of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection but third as we round third and head for home blood uh, that washes instead of covers blood that washes instead of covers so we looked at why it takes blood we've looked uh, at, at a will taking effect at death and the initiating of the new covenant through Jesus but but watch this blood that washes instead of covers the new sacrifice of blood it doesn't need to be repeated The priests would go in over and over and over and over and over again, and they get blood on their hands and blood on their faces and blood on their clothes, and they go back over and over and over again, and blood on their clothes, blood on their faces, blood on their hands, over and over and over again. And yet this new sacrifice doesn't need to be repeated. Look with, with me at verse 25. nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own so he says it's it's not to offer uh, like the old testament priest would offer that that was blood that was not his own repeatedly latter half of verse 26 he has appeared once for all at the end of ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself to put it away By his sacrifice. Remember the last part of the new covenant promise in chapter 8? It says, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. That's this, this new sacrifice. Verse 28, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, offered once, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So 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 here's the picture. In the Old Testament, that the priest would have to go in and shed blood over and over and over again, right? Uh, and, and yet, through the sacrifice of Jesus, going to the, uh, the literal presence of God and offering himself in, in the supreme nature of the person and work of Jesus Christ on your behalf, being fully human, able to be your perfect representative, and fully God, able to pay your sin debt, past, present, and future, in one place in time, his, his death washes. The Old Testament, it just covered Y'all remember in middle school when you would go to gym class and you would put on your gym uniform and you hadn't washed a gym uniform in like three weeks, right? But you just said, you know what, I'm gonna put this axe body spray on, and I'm I'm gonna I'm, you know, I'm gonna make it work, I'm gonna make it do what it do. And 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 so, and you come back and you said, man, I when was the last time, I, and you couldn't remember when the last time was that you washed your uniform, but you still were like, man, it, I, I, I can still smell a little bit of uh, a body spray on here. Let me let me go ahead and, and try to try to make it work, right? Uh, some of y'all ain't resonating, my man. He, he don't resonate with that. Uh, what about uh, what what about when uh, man, you 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 uh, you step into a car, right, and and all of a sudden maybe you've done this in, in a Uber or something like that, right? And and they got they got the air fresheners blazing right, and you like man, this is like a, t- a chemical time bomb going on in here. You getting hit with all type of flowers and stuff like that 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 smells more uh, more like scr- scrubbing bubbles or something. And, and 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 then you you realize after a while like they are trying to cover something up. Uh, me and Pastor Derek we were down in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, and and he got this uh, jeep. Wrangler as the as the rental car right and it was re- it was a cool it was a cool rental car And we get into the Jeep Wrangler and you, you smell a lot of air freshener But you smell a lot of funk too and it's like this this a brand new car How, why, how and why would a brand new car smell like air freshener and funk at the same time, right? Uh, and then I, re- I was reminded and, and no shade to those of you who smoke cigarettes I'm just I'm just blessing you that it can't be covered up. I'm just bless you and, and, and so I, I remembered that my mom had this Toyota Avalon, and it was actually my grandfather's Toyota Avalon, and he gave it to her when, she stopped being, uh, when he stopped being able to drive. Uh, but my mom smoked cigarettes. And so I kept it when Kristen and I first got married, and it was just my little dink around town car, right? It, it was good gas mileage. And remember, it's a Toyota, so it's a reliable car, right? And, and so I, I would get in, and, and I, I would try to, like, act like I didn't smell the smoke. And I put the little ozone things in there. And then I, I went and shampooed the carpet. And I said, man, it don't matter what you do. If somebody smoked in a car, it's always going to smell like smoke. This is God's word to you and me. The Old Testament sacrifices, they only could cover sin. It was Axe Body Spray. It was a powerful air freshener. But it could never wash it away. And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is through the supremacy of his sacrifice that it actually washes away sin. It 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 doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't just it doesn't just cover it, it it washes it away and and here's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and y'all thought I forgot about Abraham Abraham uh, Isaac says to his daddy Pops here's the fire here's here's the wood where 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 is where's the lamb? Where's uh where daddy where where is uh, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God uh, God will provide for himself the sacrifice. And uh, and some of y'all sat there and you read Genesis 22 in your quiet time and you said, this seems really strange and odd. And you got caught up in the fact that when you read Genesis 22, it seemed like God was asking for a child sacrifice. And that was the only thing that you could see, even though that wasn't what God was asking for, because Hebrews 11 said it was a type, it was, uh, it was a picture of something and someone else that was to come because there was Another father who had another son who was his beloved son who always did what pleased the father. There was another father who had a, a beloved son who was the apple of his eye, who was the centerpiece of his life and, and that other son was sent to a cross called Calvary and, and there was no substitute for his sacrifice but, but God said justice uh, in love in one picture, in one space in one time I, I I have to deal with sin I I have to be uh, they have Responsible for it, but I myself am gonna provide the lamb for the sacrifice. I'm gonna make the promise be holy and set apart, and yet I'm gonna provide for them what they cannot provide for themselves. That's that's why when Jesus died on the cross, the old saints used to say, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. The blood, the blood, the blood will never lose its power. That's that's why they used to they used to sing those songs because because my sins ain't just covered; they're not just covered. They're they're washed clean. So here I am, at your neighborhood. Somebody, you're here today, and you understand that God forgives. But you won't forgive yourself. Hear the message of the Gospels of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that you can do that will wash it away other than Jesus. And yet the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus' sacrifice is so supreme and so sufficient that it washes it away. You've been holding on to that thing for 10 years. The shame still grips you. The guilt still grips you. There was consequences in your life. People still have have trouble dealing with what, what you did. And yet Jesus says, friend, come let grace wash over your soul. I've separated your sin as far as the east is from the west. As far as you and I are concerned, it's done. Because the person and work of Jesus Christ Is that sufficient He has lavished His grace on us in Jesus So much so That it has overflowed And God wants you to hear Today You need to forgive yourself You need to forgive yourself You hear me? You need to forgive yourself. Somebody else, you're here today, and, and you're like, man, I'm just going to live the good life. Like, I'm just going to, you know, dot my I's and cross my T's, and I'm just going to be a good person. And, and I'm going to let that thing, you know, figure it out on, on the other side of, of, of me dying. And, and, and I just think that, man, if I'm a good enough person, like, God is going to accept me. Like, I I look at that guy over there, and I'm doing way better than they are. I'm a a better person than they are. I mean, mean, I'm going to just get to the other side of this and see what happens. There has to be a punishment for sin. There is no sin that is going to take place in your life that God doesn't deal with. And so here's God's word to you today. Either he can be the one who provides the sacrifice in the person and work of Jesus Christ, and you can cling to that sacrifice by faith and be clothed in his righteousness and be clothed in his belonging and be be clothed in his belovedness, having taken all of our sin debt, past, present, and future, the the one uh, who who actively throughout the entirety of, of his life avoided sin, took it on for your behalf or you can say I'm going to do it on my own let me just tell you one's way better than the other I don't care if you dot your I's and cross your T's it's still just Axe body spray to God I don't care if you do all all the right things it's still just air freshener over a smoky car you need Jesus a relationship with God requires sacrifice, and God has provided for Himself the Lamb. Let's cling to Jesus today. Let's pray together, Father. We recognize that You are holy; that You are set apart; that uh, that You are. Uh, pure and perfect in all of who you are, and yet you are loving. Your love is so boundless. It is, it is so extreme that, that you provide for yourself what's needed for us to be right with you. And so, Father, I pray that anybody who's not clinging to Jesus today, that they would cling to him. That we would stop our lives on things other than you, that we, we would stop uh, acting like we're not made in your image and not made for you and you, you uh, being in relationship with us is, is not literally what we were created for. And help us experience you to be the all-sufficient one. Help us to experience you to be the supplier of our need, our desire made for you because you are the inexhaustible one. So Father, help us to not be people who look at our sin and say, oh, that's just an eensy-weensy thing. To remind our hearts together that it's offensive to you and yet your love has given us Grace. To cling to Jesus. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 9 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.